All right. Hey, what's going on, guys? How's everybody doing? As always, I am your host, Colin Wegley, and welcome to another episode of the MMA Traffic Report. Uh, it's just a show, like I said, I'm always going to be in the car. Uh, this is just me kind of driving and giving kind of some of my thoughts on what's going on here in the MMA world. Um, and this weekend is, you know, big, big weekend for uh, the UFC uh, going down in Houston, Texas, UFC 247. Uh, John Jones versus Dominic Reyes, and then you also have Shevchenko uh, defending her belt against uh, Chase, uh, Caitlin uh, Charkathian, which that's a huge one-two combo to fight, finish off any card. You know, and, and those those two fights alone are enough to basically carry any card that you'd put out there. But honestly, this fight card's pretty fucking stacked. It's got a lot of good fights to, you know, really look forward to. But we're mostly just going to be kind of talking about those two. And then I wanted to give you guys uh, my quick front runner for who I think will be fight of the night. And and then I'm also going to talk a little Bellator stuff because I want to talk Chris Cyborg. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about that. Uh, I did pull one out last week. And I know, I know that fight's, you know, a little bit older now, but she's now the first ever... Uh, uh, if you look at her Twitter handle, it's Grand Slam Champ because she's won a, uh, a title in four major, four major MMA organizations. So I'm going to briefly talk on that a little bit because I do have some thoughts. But first, let's get right in here uh, to the main event. Let's start with John Jones and Dominic Reyes. And this is, you know, another chance for John Jones to continue his greatness. Uh, I know there's... John Jones fans are kind of like real hit or miss. It's, uh, you know, he's kind of had a checkered pass outside of the octagon, um, and he's had some incidents that kind of don't necessarily make you jump off as a big John Jones fan as him as a person. Uh, but what he does inside the octagon is next to none. Um, he's just flat out amazing. I think this will be, oh, man, now I'm blanking. I think number 14. Uh, will be the 14th consecutive title defense if he wins. I definitely could be wrong on that. For some reason, that number is jumping off to me. Maybe he's at 14 wins in uh, lightweight his, uh, light heavyweight history, which is either tied or going for the record for uh, most of all time. I'm a little off base. Again, that's going to happen here in the car. I'm going to give you guys a heads up. I'm going to try to give you the most accurate information I can. But uh, like I said, I'm driving. I, I can't look at notes. I'm just kind of going off of memory stuff right now. So, again, sorry if I get anything wrong. I'm not trying to undersell or oversell or anyone's greatness, but John Jones is the closest thing to probably perfect we've ever seen in the octagon. His one loss was to Matt Hamill for illegal elbows. That probably shouldn't have been illegal. Uh, it should probably at least be changed to a no contest because he was completely running through Matt Hamill when that went down. Matt Hamill, it, it's an easy 10-8 round if he would have survived the round. Uh, but I don't think he would have got out of it, and it, it's a bullshit DQ in my opinion. The rules need to be changed, but whatever. Let's that's not let's let's get past that. Uh, John Jones' last fight out was Tiago Santos, and I would say it was actually a little maybe controversial. There was a lot of people who thought maybe Tiago might have snuck out three rounds there, uh, and maybe he should have won the decision. Uh, John won the split decision. Uh, I believe it was. It might have been unanimous, but I'm almost positive it was a split decision uh, for John Jones. And, you know, after the fight, <laughs> John talked about he was happy with his performance. He felt that he outkicked and he outstruck 
and outpointed a you know a Muay Thai world champion, a kickboxer, uh, however you want to look at Tiago Santos. Um, and I'll be honest, I actually have a little bias when I watch John Jones fights because usually I want to see John lose. And watching that fight though. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, Tiago Santos, he easily got three rounds. You could probably maybe make an argument for four. I went back and I rewatched that fight. And, again, kind of knowing the results and just kind of looking at things a whole lot different. And John definitely won that fight. I think you could probably maybe make a closer argument that John maybe won four rounds. Uh, it was a lot clearer the second time watching it. And it I'm telling you guys, if you don't, if you haven't, just go back and watch a John Jones fight, especially one that maybe you thought was close, that you think John should have lost or they were doing well against John, and rewatch it, and you'll see, man, his movement is crazy. John barely gets touched usually. Uh, I mean, Gustafson touched him up in the first fight, but, I mean, John usually doesn't really get hit with a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of things that look like they catch him, but he's he's slipping out of the way or he's getting a hand in there to help defense. And it just, he's so much cleaner than what you usually think, in my opinion. And again, I'll tell you honestly, I usually have a little bit of a bias with John Jones. Uh, I, I've been kind of wanting to see John lose for a, a while now. And a big part of that for me was partly with, again, what he did outside of the cage. And... I don't know, people just love to love to hate winners. You see it with Tom Brady, the New England Patriots, Alabama every year, uh, college football. Uh, Golden State Warriors, you know, they were fun the first year they won, but then KD came and, you know, the hype train wasn't really there. And just people people love to hate when people are, are kind of winning. And I think people kind of hate on John because how dominant he has been. At one point, I think he had nine finishes in a row, uh, and – Four of those, I think, were title defenses. It wasn't until Rashad Evans that, you know, he, he got a decision there. Uh, after after the, 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 the streak he went on of just stopping everybody, uh, former champions defending the belt, just crazy stuff. Uh, now the guy he's got coming in, fighting against him, Dominic Reyes. I feel good about Dominic Reyes. I like Dominic Reyes' chances. I think stylistically he kind of matches up with John pretty well because, again, the most trouble we've ever seen John have was uh, Alexander Gustafson. And a big reason I think that threw John off in their first fight because it wasn't even close in the second one, and the first one was Alex's size, was how the his normal size advantage wasn't there and his length and his reach and everything. Everything was a little bit shorter. John wasn't used to that distance. And, I, again, Anthony Smith had success in the first round. Again, another taller guy, kind of long like John. And Reyes is just like that. So I do, I do like that for Reyes. I think, uh, I think he's you know, dynamite in that left hand. Uh, he throws kicks very well. He's got hard leg kicks, hard body kick. He throws a really good switch kick to the body. Uh, he can go up top with it. And one of the things he's been talking about and that he keeps talking about is how athletic he is. He, uh, you know, he inspired to be in the NFL before he switched to MMA. Uh, the cards just weren't there for him. But, you know, he's a guy who played college football, uh, started college football, I believe, all four years. He was a team captain. 
uh, played free safety. I mean, don't know, you know, nothing from Dominic Reyes. He, he's 100% right. He is a very athletic man. But, you know, John's brothers are, are in the NFL. Uh, John has been in there with a who's who's list. Uh, he's kind of starting to go on getting into like a, a, a third generation of fighting uh, with how the game is progressing. He's still the champ. He's still at the top. No one can still crack his code. So I don't necessarily agree with Dominic Reyes uh, saying, you know, he's the most athletic or he's more athletic than anyone John's ever fought or seen or anything like that. However, I do think his athleticism is going to help match up with John Jones. I think it's something that's going to, you know, uh, we're going to see in the fight. You're going to see, uh, you know, some of his quickness, things like that. Uh, John has talked about he doesn't think Dominic Reyes throws very good combinations. Reyes says John Jones doesn't have very good boxing. So, man, I'm intrigued in a lot of ways. I think for the most part uh, what we will see is a standing fight. Um, John Another, again, another thing, another great part of John, about John Jones is John Jones likes to beat people at their own game. It's something that he's kind of started doing as time has gone on. And, like, wherever you think you're, you're best at, you're strong at, wherever you think you're going to have an advantage, John loves to meet you right there and kind of take that away from you. Uh, again, I, when he fought Alexander Gustafson and Gustafson took him down, it was the first time someone took John down. And I think it was more of a surprise uh, than because John wasn't scared of Alex's ground game, and he just wanted to fight him on his feet. Um, it wasn't until he was kind of getting tagged up that John go for some takedowns and stuff. So I kind of expect a, a similar similar game plan from John Jones, just like with the Santos fight. I expect him to keep it standing. Uh, and I got to say, I do expect John Jones to get the win. And, but I don't count Dominic Reyes out. And, again, with how Dominic is built stylistically, uh, and, again, in my opinion, neither, you know, Dominic's got the undefeated record. John's one loss is, uh, is kind of bullshit. He's got the one no contest with DC after he tested positive. Um, so, you got, I mean, you, you play all that into the record, but these are basically two undefeated fighters. Uh who every time they step into the octagon, they've been the best. Uh, they both have had uh, some close fights that some people would maybe deem controversial. Uh, a lot of people thought Ozemir might have beat Dominic Reyes, uh, just kind of like how people thought either Santos or uh, the first Gustin fight, Alexander Gustin beat uh, John Jones. Uh, and fights like that, I think it just builds fighters. It really uh, helps them. It helps them grow. And allows them to dig deep and show, you know, who they really are and not quit on a fight and, you know, try to stay in the fight the whole fight. Whether you think, you know, Ozemir B. Reyes, whether you think Gustafson, at the end of the day, the judges seen it a different way, so that's how it goes. And so you got two guys who have always been the best when they step in there, meeting head on, and it just, things like that always make for great, great fights. Uh, and to top it all off, this is probably the greatest MMA fighter of all time, you know, and you got a guy who's never tasted defeat coming in there trying to get the win, trying to get that belt, trying to establish something new. Uh, but like I said, John, I think, gets the win. Uh, Reyes definitely has more than a puncher's chance, uh, but I do think if Dominic was the win, it would be 
Uh, it would have to be by a knockout. I don't see him. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Could he, you know, could he rock John? You know, grab a neck, uh, end up on his back, rear naked or something? Absolutely, hundred percent. But I, for the most part, Dominic Reyes gets this win if he's able to connect that left head kick or that fucking left hand and put John, you know, separate him from consciousness. Because uh, until I see John Jones definitively lose, I, I I can't I can't go against him. Uh, but again, like I said, Dominic Reyes, I like his his chances. I do like his his build, how he matches up for John. It'll be very interesting to see how this fight goes. And then in our co-main event, <coughs> excuse me, our co-main event, we're gonna have uh, Shevchenko taking on uh, Caitlin Charkathian. And for Valentina, like her last two title defenses are the only two losses Caitlin has had, and they were both split decision losses. Uh, the Liz Carmouche and a split decision, or uh, yeah, split decision loss to Jessica I. Um, both of those fights, when we watched Valentina uh, fight them, it wasn't close. Uh, the the Carmouche fight was frustrating uh, for everybody, I believe. It was uh, 25 minutes of you know you wanted to see action, and Carmouche didn't really want to engage in a, a fight necessarily. It seemed like with Shevchenko, uh, she kept trying to kind of pull guard. Uh, she was trying to do some rubber guard stuff. She obviously had been working on some stuff. She's a 10th Planet uh, practitioner. She owns her own gym. She's a black belt. So, I mean, she, she had a game plan she was trying to implement, and, you know, more power to her for really sticking with it when you were seeing it. It clearly wasn't working. Um, but it was a frustrating fight, and it just was a, a easy win for Valentina. And then the Jessica I, she just flatlined her in Chicago. Uh Scary head kicks coming from her. Uh, Charkathia, though, uh, thirteen and two. You know she's the same same record uh, that Shevchenko was when she lost to Amanda. You know, uh, and the two people again who she's lost to, Carmouche is not a slouch, and neither is Jessica I. Um, and those are both split decisions that easily could have went in Charkathia's uh, uh, favor. She's fighting. With, out of a great camp, I believe she's with up there with uh, Frankie Edgar and uh, Mark Henry. Uh, Almeida's up there. Uh, let's see, Marlon Marias. That camp up there. I, th- I think Barbosa still splits time. Uh, you know, a lot of great male fighters. I'm not sure who female fighters who uh, who she's all training with. I don't know who's all up there in that camp. But I mean, she's coming from a very strong camp, uh, taking on Shevchenko, who in all likeness, is probably the greatest female fighter out there besides Amanda, uh, pound for pound. And I guess if maybe her and Amanda could meet at like a maybe 130 if Amanda had to come down a little bit more uh, and she wasn't giving up so much weight like when they fought at uh, 35, you know, maybe Valentina best Amanda. Uh, but then again, like that that kind of gets into like, is, is it the weight cut that's doing it more to Amanda or would it be Valentina? So, I, you know, who knows? But yeah. Shevchenko is quite easily number three in the world any given time for female fighters. Um, and probably 125 and under, probably the best. She completely dominated uh, Joanna when they fought. And I believe she's got three wins over Joanna in Muay Thai fights uh, in Europe as well. So, I mean, Joanna's a bad chick who, who's, you know, putting work on a lot of people. And when she tried to come up and fight with Valentina, it, Valentina was still the, the better fighter. So, 
I don't necessarily know how well of a chance uh, Caitlin has. Um, however, Caitlin is very, very well-rounded, and I think anywhere where this fight goes, she's going to be able to match up with Valentina. But I do think, I do think Shevchenko is the better fighter. Uh, I think both champions are going to win on the night and uh, hang on to the belts, bring them back home uh, respectfully to Albuquerque. And, I, you know, I want to say Russia, but I know Shevchenko is actually not from Russia. I think she's from, like, old Russia, one of those countries that became a country after World War II or USSR broke up Russia. Uh, so, sorry for about that. <coughs> but she speaks, like, five languages. I mean, she could be wherever she wants. She speaks... Spanish, Russian, American, like, yeah, she speaks everything, it's crazy, uh, I don't even know why I went there, but anyway, going back to it, yeah, I think both these fighters, uh, I, I think both of them will get the win, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see two decisions, uh, if you get a whole 50 minutes of fighting, uh, for these, the main event and co-main event, uh, going down, um, so, again, yeah, those are my two picks, I think they're going to be kind of evenly contested, but I think you'll start seeing the champions pull away and show why they are the champions of their respective divisions. Uh, and then you got Derek Lewis, who's probably your, your front runner for uh, knockout of the night, I would say. I would be, it, it, it would be interesting to see uh, that fight go any other way. I, I, I don't really like Latifi's chance. Uh, fighting that heavyweight again, I just and especially Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is just such a big man. Uh, where Latifi, it's gonna be, it's gonna be similar probably to the DC fight for Derek Lewis, uh, without the same type of wrestling uh, ability from Latifi. And again, there's always the puncher's chance, but Derek Lewis also has a puncher's chance. I think the greater puncher's chance out of the two. Uh, but the sledgehammer, uh, he's for real. He's a bad man at 205. Uh, you know, some close fights with some top competition. And I I just don't think heavyweight was necessarily the way to go, or at least Derek Lewis first, uh, jumping into, like, top eight competition. Uh, and then I would like to say, again, I, and, uh, this is so much main card, but Bactic versus uh, Dan uh, Iga, Iga, that – Easily fight of the night. I don't see that going anyway. Uh, Dan is 50K for a reason. I mean, the guy always is putting on a performance. Win, lose, draw, whatever. Like, that guy comes out to fight. Ball to the wall. Start to finish. He's looked good. I think he's on a three- or four-fight win streak right now. Uh, Bectic, same thing. Guy's easily top ten in the division uh, day in and day out. He uh, he lost that fight a while ago to um, Darren Elkins, but he was completely dominating that fight. Uh, and I feel like his only other loss was against someone someone high low. Ooh, I think he might have got knocked out by Josh Emmett, possibly. Uh, and Josh Emmett's got some real power. I might also be wrong on that, so so don't don't quote me if I am. Again, like I said, I don't got my notes in front of me. I'm out here driving. Uh, I, I am excited, though, for that fight. I do think that will probably be the fight of the night. I think this whole card is really, really good. Pay attention to Miles John's undefeated fighter. Um, I'm excited to watch that one go down. Um, 
A lot of really good fights going now for 247. And then real quickly, briefly, like I said, I just want to talk, uh, touch on this. Chris Cyborg, uh, first and foremost, obviously a congratulations on her win over Julia Budd to get uh, capture that fourth title. And Bellator is kind of putting together a pretty solid 145 women's division, uh, or at least I would just say women's divisions in general. Women's MMA has just grown so much tremendously, uh, especially since the UFC uh, brought it in 2012 or 2013, whatever year it was. might even been 2011. Sorry if I'm wrong on that, too. Uh, and it's just been phenomenal for the sport, and there's so many great women fighters out there now. Uh, and this fight for Bud... And uh, Cyborg is years in the making as it was offered to Bud as her first her first fight, either back in Strike Force or I believe W uh, or yeah, uh, Elite XC or whatever it was called. Uh, it might have even been there uh, for her first professional fight. Luckily, she turned it down way back then. Uh, she, you know, she came in this fight undefeated, ten and 11 and whatever it was, and then she put up a really really good fight. Uh, but you know. Cyborg was a little too much, and I didn't get to watch it live, and I've only actually, I haven't even finished watching the whole fight. I've watched, I think, two rounds of it, uh, but I did watch the last round, and I've been listening to everybody talk about it uh, and talk about how good Cyborg looked and all this, and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to put it out there now. I'm... I'm a, I'm going to say like a 90% positive that Chris Cyborg would test positive right now for PEDs. I think she's back on something. Uh, she's a known offender. Uh, twice before she ever came to the FC, she tested positive. Uh, back when they were trying to get the Ronda Rousey fight uh, versus Cyborg, there was a lot of talk about her coming down, and there was talk that she could never make 135 and one of the reasons why she could never make 135 is because of things like steroids and things of that nature uh i just think she's a known a known offender in the past and i wouldn't put it past her to get back on something like that she's trying to rejuvenate her career a little bit the man of noon uh nunez really took a lot of uh wind out of her sails in my opinion and, again, I mean, she still beats everyone else besides Amanda, and maybe she beats Amanda if they fought again. I bet you she beats Amanda if they fought again outside the UFC because, again, like I said, I think she's on some stuff. Uh, the UFC has some very strenuous testing uh, for steroids, and Bellator clearly doesn't. Uh, I think you can look at a lot of fighters in Bellator and compare them to some of the top guys in the UFC, and I just think there's a lot of guys that look kind of beefy Kind of gives me a 2004-2005-ish vibe. If you go back and watch old UFC videos, old MMA, everyone was just so, so beefy back then. Thick. I just think everybody was on something. Uh, and again, like I said, I feel like when I watch Bellator, a lot of times a lot of the bodies look a lot bigger and thicker over there, in my opinion. I'm not accusing everybody. I'm not saying, you know, this person is or this person is. Uh, everyone's entitled to your own opinion. There's definitely people who I do think are on uh, steroids over there uh, who I don't think they would necessarily translate so well if they ever did, like, a, a cross-promotion tournament, things like that. And especially if they had the right uh, – if they were doing the USADA testing uh, with the UFC. Get a little off topic, going back, uh, back to Cyborg, like I said. I just think after what I've seen in the fight, 
what I have watched, what I listen to other people say, some of the hot words they were using when they were talking about her performance and how she fought and all these words. It, go listen to some uh, people talk about TRT Vitor, uh, Vitor Belford. I would say that's probably the, the best example. And there's a lot of verbiage, a lot of words being used, tossed around, uh, that are very similar for Chris Cyborg um, and her kind of rebirth and how good she looked in her Bellator debut. Um, and like I said, I don't, I'm not saying for sure she's on something or anything like that, but it, it, it wouldn't be a surprise to me. Uh, but over in Bellator, at the same time, I don't think you're going to hear uh, about your biggest superstar, your biggest female superstar testing positive. Um, and again, she's got a history with Scott Croker. Not saying that Croker signs off on anything like that or, you know, he's okay with it. But I think Croker's been in business with her before. He kind of knows what he gets. Um, and I just kind of think it's an old military policy, don't ask, don't tell type shit, you know. We're, we're not too concerned about it as long as you're not too open about it. Again, my opinion. I, I could completely be wrong. Maybe this is Cyborg's just getting better with time like a glass of wine, you know, who knows. I, I don't know for sure. I just think Cyborg is back on some type of PEDs. Uh, you're entitled to your own opinion, your own beliefs, whether you, you agree with me or not, your choice. But all right, guys, uh, I'm about to go grab some lunch. I appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in, listening in, checking in. Uh, again, this is the MMA Report. I'm your host, Colin Wegley. Uh, you can get a hold of me on Twitter at C-E-E-J-A-Y-M-M-A. It's all together, C-J-M-M-A, uh, and it's the same thing on uh, uh, Gmail, C-E-E-J-A-Y-M-M-A at gmail.com. Got any questions, got any, you know, you want to connect to the show, anything like that, please feel free to reach out, talk to us, and we'll get back to you. Uh, again, thanks for the listening. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys have a good one.